Hey friends, welcome to episode 141 of the Fierce Calling Podcast. I'm Dara Swift and I want to warmly welcome you to this space today. Thank you for joining me and I have an amazing guest and we are talking about a very serious subject, anxiety. And I don't know maybe if you have dealt with anxiety personally, but if you haven't, I know you probably know someone who has and is. It's very debilitating. And friends, my guest is Kara Snyder, and she's going to share her story. She's the author of Anxiety Elephants, 31-Day Devotional to Help Stomp Out Your Anxiety. And she also wrote two books, one for tween boys and one for tween girls on the same subject. We're going to talk all about that. And it's, it's a serious thing, but God has answers in his word to help us through these difficult seasons of our lives. And so I want you to stay tuned so you will be encouraged today and hear about how you can grab Karis's book and just learn more about her experience and what she was taught by the Lord as she went through it. So friends, thank you so much. And don't forget to check out my homepage, DaraSwift.com, and grab some of the free resources I have there for you. There are fear-fighting Bible verses that you can grab for free. So go to my website, DaraSwift.com, and you'll see it on the menu, and you can download those for free. And when you do, you'll join my email list for free, and you'll hear all the updates about my upcoming Bible study. So friend, I know this episode is going to bless you, so stay tuned. Do you want to go deeper in your faith even while you're on the go? No matter how busy the season you're in, Access More has a library of faith-based podcasts to help you grow spiritually with podcasts from Christian thought leaders such as Christine Kane, Lisa Harper, Taryn Wells, and Bob Goff. You can hear podcasts on religion, culture, family, entertainment, and so much more. Access More gives you a safe space to find inspiring conversations about faith. Start listening today at accessmore.com or the Access More app. Thank you for listening to this episode that is part of the Spark Media Network that can now be heard on the Edify app. Welcome back, friends. I have a treat today. I'm excited to welcome my friend, Karis Snyder. She is a speaker, a worship leader, wife and mama, and she's the author of Anxiety Elephants, 31-Day Devotional to Help Stomp Out Your Anxiety. And she's also written two books, one for tween girls and one for tween boys, also entitled Anxiety Elephants, which is amazing. And we're going to talk about that and more. Welcome to the show, Karis. It's great to have you on today. I'm so excited. Thanks for having me. Yeah, I am so blessed by your ministry and also that you are a worship leader and tell us a little bit about that. And then I'm going to ask you to tell us more about your story. Absolutely. So I love that you're asking about being a worship leader. I think out of the podcast I've done, this is, you're the first to (laughs) ask me 
this question. So I love it. Uh, my husband and I, we will be married, goodness, almost 19 years. And um, he leads worship at our church where we attend. He has, he's the worship leader there, has been for the past three years. And I get to partner with him in that and serve alongside him uh, to lead our church. But when we got married, it was very interesting. Uh, someone heard me within the worship team singing. I had never kind of sung in front of people. I was too shy. And she asked my husband, why is your, why is Karis not singing? She needs to be next to you singing. And that was a little over 10 years ago. And God just kind of began to move in that. And I tell you, you probably get this Worship truly is this powerful weapon mm -hmm. that God has given us where it takes our eyes off of our problems, our situations, when we don't know what to do and we turn to him, right? We are in full surrender, realizing that the God of this universe, yeah. our creator, our heavenly father, he has gone before us. He is with us. He is behind us and we can worship him. And there are so many stories in the Bible where the worshipers go first, they lead out into the battle. And I'll tell you, we'll get in my story in a little bit, but the enemy, he tried really hard to silence my worship. And he did for a little while, if I'm being totally transparent, but that is just another reminder of how much breakthrough worship will bring no matter what we face, because it allows us to put our eyes on our heavenly father. Amen. I love that so much. And a few of the things that you said first, when you were saying that there was someone who recognized that you should be next to your husband singing, you know, God puts people in our path to speak those messages and truths into our lives and you know when he's calling us to do something and I think that's awesome and also when you were talking about how there are so many biblical accounts where worshipers go first and that's a powerful thing I don't know sometimes if we really think through that as we're reading it you know that it's powerful so and um and I know that you were saying that you were going to share your story. And I would love for you to share some about that and how these things came about and how you're taking action where your passion, compassion, and conviction intersect. Absolutely. So, you know, for, for me several years ago, I did not know if I would still be here on this earth. I've, I found myself in this place where I felt purposeless, hopeless, useless, and worthless. And in that moment in my life, I was a leader in the church. I was standing next to my husband, you know, leading worship. I had a successful business. My daughter, who is 14 now, she was two at the time, living her best toddler life. So mm -hmm. everything appeared great mm -hmm. on the outside. And the truth is, I was a master of the mask. No one saw what was truly going on behind that. I was really dealing with a lot of anxiety um, and that moved into depression. And I always pause there for just a moment to say, when I was there in that moment as an adult, I was one of those who did not believe that anxiety and depression were real. Mm -hmm. If I'm just, I just want to be honest, you know, there for your listener family, they may have met someone like me who would who would say something like, if you were to come to me for encouragement, my words would be something like this. Well, you just need to read your Bible more. Mm. You just need to trust God more, right? Um, pray harder, do more. If I knew you really well, I would tell you just suck it up, buttercup. 
mm-hmm. not the compassion of Jesus. There's nowhere in the Bible. I'm pretty certain he did not do those things. And so I always want to pause there and just say, if I, if anyone ever said those things to you, I am so sorry. I'm so sorry because I learned very quickly just how real anxiety and depression were, how it, how you do pray more and you do read your Bible more, but you feel stuck and you feel alone and you're terrified to let anyone in. And it started for me with these kind of heavy feelings on my chest. It felt like a heavy weight. And I always do describe it like it felt like elephants stomping up and down on my chest. And the harder I moved myself to get them off, the the harder that weight came. It would come, you know, at random. I could be driving my car down the road or I would be lying down in bed to go to sleep at night. And here comes that heavy weight. My heart would race. Uh, I would feel breathless. Mm -hmm. My thoughts would just kind of march one right after the other of worst case scenarios running all these what ifs. Uh, What if something bad happens to my family? What if I fail God? What if I don't measure up? What if people really know what I'm dealing with? So it just kind of kind of compounded, I guess you could say. And for me, instead of letting people in and letting them help me, I numbed the pain. Mm-hmm. For me to numb it, it was I starved it. I, I didn't eat. I would over exercise two and three hours a day. I drank multiple gallons of water to just make it look like I appeared perfect, but also to just take away that pain because it was so painful. It was just unbearable. And I finally got to this point in 2011, it was the summer. I was having one of the worst anxiety attacks I had had experienced to date. And I was sitting on our beige living room couch. My daughter was in her playroom. My heart was beating out of my chest. And I thought I was having a heart attack Mm -hmm. and that she was going to come in there and find her mama dead on the floor. Mm -hmm. And so my mom felt like a safe person for me. So I called her, I told her what was happening. And she said, Karis, go, go to the doctor. I think you're having an anxiety attack, but you just need to go and make sure. So I knew at almost 30 years old, I did not need to argue with my mama. She would come up there and make me go mm-hmm. to the doctor if I tried to. So I went and they hooked me up to the EKG machine. My daughter, I still see the tears just coming down on her face because she didn't know what was going on with her mommy. And I looked at her and I said, Zoe, I'm sorry. I would look at the nurse because I felt like a burden. I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. My husband came in. I hid all this from him because he had always seen me as, you know, type A, have it all together woman. And I told him, I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. He took our daughter and the nurse stopped me. And she said, you do not have to apologize to us. You are not a burden. We are here to help you. And I needed that in that moment. And that planted a seed down in my faith for me to know later that help was the right thing to do, that we we all need help. So the doctor came in and said, hey, you're having an anxiety attack. I argued with him because I wasn't ready mm-hmm. for help. Um, and I said, you know, I'm good. I'm fine. I left that day still trying to do it all on my own. And uh, I, the bottom of the bottom for me was about three or four months later, we found out we were pregnant. And I was maybe, I was getting down to a hundred pounds and my doctor and all our gentleness 
She said, listen, Karis, for the sake of the baby, you have to eat, eat something. It can be donuts for breakfast, lunch, and dinner, just eat. And two things happened for me that day, for those who are mamas or who kind of play that mama role, you know, we'll do things for our children or our grandchildren that we won't do for ourselves. It's like that mama bear instinct kicks in for us. But second, if if a doctor tells you that you can have donuts for breakfast, lunch, and dinner, you're gonna eat the donuts. So those two things helped me. And over an eight week week time frame, I gained about six pounds, which was a huge victory for us. But I ended up having a miscarriage and I lost the baby. And in that moment, here comes the enemy, man. Um, look what you did. You're such a burden. You're such a bother to your family. Look what you did to that little life. And that was the bottom for me. And I thought, man, everybody would be better off without me. But in that moment, I, it was like God just whispered, look up, look up. And when I looked up, those lies that I was going to be alone, that I was going to be rejected were proven false. My family was there. My church was there. Counselor that I had met, doctor. And God just began to heal and restore me and shift my mindset, helped me to see some things that I believe that were not true. He helped me to see, hey, in this world, you're going to have troubles. You're not, it doesn't mean that you're doing something wrong. We are going to face troubles, but we can take heart because Jesus has overcome. And as I began to share my story, it was so interesting because other women and my friends, when I would tell them I was dealing with anxiety, you know, or struggling with some depression, they would pause and they would just look at me and say, you too. Mm. And I was like, yes, me too. And, and in those moments, God began to, to help me to see that we as the church can be the leading voice you know, for faith and mental health. And we got to talk about it. The enemy would love for us to be silent about it, would love for us to take a back seat. But God wants us to be the forefront, the forerunners of that. You know, and I, and I, like I said earlier, in those moments, I can remember, especially after the miscarriage, worship songs would come on and I just could not. It was like the enemy had just muted my voice. Mm -hmm. I had I had given up my weapon. And uh, it was in those moments, you know, God didn't leave me. He didn't shame me, but he gave me healing and he gave me courage to pick that weapon of worship back to, back up. And it was through a cracked voice and tears running down my face. But God began to bring that back into my life and to see the goodness of God, you know, and, and uh, I'm so grateful for that. A year later, I did end up having uh, getting pregnant and having another little girl. Her name is Allie Grace. Um, so it's just been been a journey over these last 11 or 12 years to see God's goodness and just to, to see, hey, here's a message. Now let's go share it with adults and let's go teach our teens and our tweens. If you are struggling with anxiety, you're not alone. God is not mad at you and there is hope. Thank you so much for sharing all of that. And I love how it gives permission for someone listening right now to go ask for help and that it's nothing to be ashamed of or fear rejection or judgment. If we need help, there's help and God will provide the right people. And how you said earlier that you were, you had become a master of the mask, I think is how you worded that. And I think a lot of people can relate to that. 
And it's probably because in our culture, especially in our church culture, depression, anxiety, you're right. I mean, and people will say things and they will really mean well, but also the fact being is that, you know, it's kind of put on you that, well, it's kind of not possible for a Christian to be depressed or experience anxiety because they're free and they're a new creation. And so it's totally different. You're still free. You're still a new creation, but this is something physical and attached to a lot of other factors, right? It's very complex more than we kind of blow it off as, right? That's right. And you know, if we pause and think about it, our, our brain, you know, my, those hormones that we have in our brain, mine were completely imbalanced. Mm-hmm. Sometimes you face a traumatic situation, either in your childhood or as an adult, and you push it down and you don't deal with it. And your brain will eventually bring it to light as, as saying, Hey, we've got to deal with this. We've got to fix this, you know, and if it was a broken arm or heart disease or high blood pressure, you know, if your, if your kid had, asthma, we wouldn't look at those and say, well, let's just cover that broken bone up or just pray through that asthma attack. We might say, let's pray that through that while you're using your inhaler or while you are at the doctor getting that bone set, you know, or while you're getting treatment. Mm -hmm. So sometimes God has given these doctors and these counselors gifts to help our physical body while he is bringing healing and truth to those lies that maybe have been planted in our, in our hearts and our minds for so long. I didn't realize, you know, Galatians 6, 2, that we are to bear one another's burdens and so fulfill the law of Christ. I thought I just do it all by myself and that's not scriptural, Mm -hmm. but that's what I believe. So God began to put scripture to these practical things. and, And it became like this light bulb, like this aha moment, like, Oh, I am supposed to have, you know, other brothers and sisters in Christ helping me when I do have a burden or even Jesus says, come to me all who are weary and heavy burden and I will give you rest. It doesn't say come to me as long as you're not a leader, right? It says come to me all. So you may be a leader. You may be a new baby in Christ, or maybe you're listening today and you're trying to figure out this Christian thing. What is this Jesus is all about? Well, he's saying, you don't have to fix yourself all up. Just come to me as you are. And I, I'll do that work. So I had to unlearn a lot of things and then relearn it. I feel like I'm still learning. It's still a process. You know, I think, you know, you brought up when I said the master of the mask, you might agree with this. I think we've been hiding since the beginning, since Adam and Eve, right? They hid right, and they hid in that fear. So I, I, it's like the enemy uses that against us to make us feel like we have to hide when our father, our heavenly father says, come, bring it, bring it to me. So it's just over time changing that mindset. Yeah. That is so beautiful how you said all that and it's true it's like you know sometimes we are hiding but God knows our heart even better than we do our hearts are deceitful right and so um you know and some important things that you also brought out earlier in the conversation when you said that you had come to such a low point that you felt like people would be better off without you and that is the lie of the enemy that is the lie that people feel I think I've heard it a lot of different times. It's a common thing that 
people might feel when they're contemplating doing something, you know, to harm themselves or whatever, that, you know, that is not true, that the world would be better off without you because God created you with a purpose and a plan intentionally. Nobody here is a mistake. Nobody's a mistake. And so thank you. That's really going to encourage someone listening today. And we just never know how God is going to use those words. So reminds me of my grandfather. We called him Papa Joe. Mm-hmm. He used to put puzzles together and then he would glue them and frame them. And he did that for my mom and all my aunts. But it just reminds me a puzzle is not complete unless you have every single piece mm. and no piece can be duplicated. And just yeah. like you're saying, no one is a mistake. Everyone is, is needed. Every piece is needed to make the puzzle mm. complete. So if, if someone is listening and they need to know that, just please know that you do, you do matter. Yes. Thank you so much. And, and I love the fact too, because sometimes people discount anxiety in younger people. In, in children even. And so I love the fact that you have these books and it's not even a book combined. Girls have an, their own book. Boys have their own book for anxiety elephants, for tween girls, tween boys. How is this message been received by these young people and how has it affected you and them where you're able to actually go and speak at schools and stuff, right? Yeah, that's right. Uh, even as we are recording today, I was in a, a classroom with some eighth graders talking to them about this, this topic. And after the adult book came out, my two daughters said, hey, mom, will you write a book like this with words our age can understand? And uh, God began to remind me early in my childhood, there was anxiety there and it was present, but we just weren't aware. We didn't talk about those things back then, you know? Um, so if I would have known how to respond to the anxiety in a healthy way, where could I have been as an adult? So if we can equip our kids, our tweens and our teens with how to respond to anxiety, man, they're going to be so much further along with those things. So as, uh, as I've been able to have these opportunities, it has been if I could say it's been encouraging and heartbreaking at the same time, mm-hmm. encouraging to see and hear them respond with saying, man, this helps me when I feel anxious, you know, about maybe they feel anxious about leaving their mom or dad, or they feel anxious about a change or a move that's happening or school or a test, or there's some friend things going on, or, or honestly with this age group right now, social media, mm-hmm. they're feeling that and they share that encouragement they feel with practical steps that they learn. But then it's heartbreaking to know this group of children, teens, this Gen Z, they are facing anxiety like nothing we can understand that we cannot, you know, wrap our our brains around. And it is it's heartbreaking to know, but it is also, like I said, encouraging to see them wanting they want to know, how do I deal with this? How can I fix this? Give me truth because they are hit with so much confusion yeah. and lies of the enemy and they're attacked. You know, their identity is attacked. So if we can speak truth to them, if we can speak love to them, but give them those practical steps that they can learn over time, they're going to be more equipped to deal with this anxiety that they're feeling. I'll never forget. This was a few years ago. I was speaking to an elementary school and I had a third grade group 
come in. It was third or fourth grade and a young boy, I was, they were asking questions. There was probably a hundred kids in there, a little boy raised his hand and he said, how do I deal with social anxiety? I get really anxious and nervous around my friends. And to see him have the courage to ask that question, I was like, wow, that's, that's impressive. But to see that that really concerned him at nine and 10 years old. Yeah. So it is something that that the, I believe the enemy's trying to use against them, but I, I think that God is really putting truth into them and he's allowing us as believers to go in and do that. When I go into schools, I know at times I can't, speak, you know, maybe with faith verbiage, Mm -hmm. but I can share those truths with them that mean the same thing. And the cool thing is they may go find me later on social media, or they may go find me later on my website. And then they are learning more about who is this Jesus, you know, that, that she talks about what, what can faith do for me in this mental health journey? Because they do go together. Um, so I've just been grateful for the opportunity to just speak into these young people's lives and to just be there with them in the mess and to let them know, hey, you are loved and you matter and God's going to help you through this, this mental battle. And we're going to equip you and make you stronger for those arrows that are coming at you. Yeah. Wow. Thank you um, for for that ministry to our young people, our generation that's coming up, you know, that will service leaders and just serve others in the church. And I know that sometimes kids don't feel validated about their feelings or what's going on with them. And maybe they have a broken home life. Maybe there's some things going on in their, in their life that kids shouldn't have to deal with. But like you said, you know, our culture today, it's just so heavy heavy stuff going on. And like you said, you know, you really nailed it when you were talking about their identity is being attacked. The enemy is definitely attacking identity. And for them to know that what they're feeling is validated, not that they have to be validated because they are a child of God, but that you're validating these feelings, that it's real and that they can get hope and you provide some resources and avenues for that, especially your books. So if they go, go find you there. So, so how can the listener connect with you, grab these books, find out about how you could come speak at their schools or, you know, at their women's events or, you know, however the Lord leads in that. Absolutely. So through social media, the easiest way to find me there, I love to hang out on Instagram and Facebook at Kara Snyder. So that's C-A-R-I-S-S-N-I-D-E-R. And then my website has links to all those resources. And I have a freebie. I love giving out freebies. The freebie right now is a, it's like a journal. It's called the anxiety blocker. So it helps you use gratitude. Gratitude is a natural built-in anxiety blocker. So you get that when you join my email family. And there you can find a way to contact me about speaking at your event or school. And that's at karissnyder.com. Um, so I would love to connect in any way or answer any questions. And I I love when people reach out and say, hey, thank you for sharing your story. And they share their story with me because it that encourages me too, to know, hey, I'm, I'm not alone in this either. Other people are walking this journey. And so it, it builds our faith, right? When we know others are running alongside of us. So I love to connect. I love to find those ways for us to, to build our, our faith community together. 
Cool. Yeah. I hope that they'll reach out to you and connect with you. And tell us just really quick too about your amazing podcast that I know moms and even grandmas would be, because I'm a grandma and I thought it was cool too, um, would really find amazing and want to connect with. Absolutely. So I have been doing this for about a year. Every week I have a new episode that comes out. It's called Car Line Conversations. And I literally record the podcast while I am sitting in the car line. And maybe you're sitting there (laughs) thinking, wow, I am in a car line a lot. If it is Mm -hmm. taking your kids to school or your grandkids or picking up in the afternoons, going to the activities, sports activities, music Mm -hmm theater, maybe it's going to a friend's house, so many things, right? Mm-hmm. So we have car line conversations about real issues, real struggles that we as mamas may have or grandmamas may have, but in there, there's hope and encouragement. The episodes are not long. They're maybe 15 minutes mm-hmm. long. Um, and this very, you know, just raw, real, sometimes you may even hear birds in the background or mm-hmm. big trucks driving by, but it's been fun. And it's been, you know, as a mom, you're trying to get everybody everywhere they need to go. Mm-hmm. And sometimes trying to find that time to pause and spend time in the presence of God. It's hard. Yeah, It's hard. And so we talk about that. We talk about mom guilt, anxiety, friends, um, girls, you know, I have two daughters. We talk about those type things, just a lot of different things. It's been fun. It's really been fun. I'm still learning. I'm still learning all the podcast game, but I, it's so funny because people ask, do you really record from the car line? And I really do. Like I need to take pictures one day to prove it. Um, but I would love for people to find me there. It's on Spotify. It's on Apple podcast and anchor. Nice. Well, I'll put the links in the show notes so people can find you and find the car line thing. I was thinking to the Chick-fil-A car line, but they're pretty fast. So I don't know if you have time to listen to yeah. it in the Chick-fil-A. You know, it seems like you're a mile long and then they're moving it so well along. So I think all the Chick-fil-A's have it down. But anyway, but I thought of that when you were talking about car lines. I'm like, let me think, where else do I sit in the car? Oh, car line at Chick-fil-A. Yes, I remember. So you anyway. But that is awesome. And so I thank you so much for being on the show. It's been such a joy and a really powerful and important subject to talk about. And I think that's key right there. Let's talk about it, right? Let's talk about it. So, um, and like I said, I'll put things in the show notes so people can reach out to you, Karis. And I hope to have you on again sometime. I would love to come back on. You're so fun to talk to. Oh, fun. Fun talking to you too. I really enjoyed it so much. And we'll keep up with all things Kara Snyder to see what's coming next. And um, don't forget to follow because I'm sure there's things that they can do in order to get on your newsletter or whatever, um, your email list and everything, right? That's right. That's exactly right. Okay. All right, Karis. Well, you take care and we'll talk soon, friend. Sounds great. God bless you. Thank you so much for listening today. This was a powerful episode. We really need to talk more about these kinds of things, especially in the church. We've been taught in certain circles that it's not okay to talk about anxiety or even to admit we have anxiety because of the stigma of it. Just like when Karis was sharing how 
The truth was that she was a master of the mask, and no one saw what was truly going on behind that. How many times have we worn a mask? Who is wearing a mask now that we see on maybe a a daily or a weekly basis? What can we do to bring hope to the world and shine the light of Christ on things that are kept in the dark? Because things need to be brought to the light and put under the blood of Jesus. So friend, check out the show notes. You'll be able to find all the information of how to connect with Karis and grab her amazing books, especially if you have young people in your life, or maybe you are a youth leader or a worker at the church, you can bring the copies of the anxiety elephants to the children there. See what the Lord leads with that. And I know that the words will be a blessing. So friend, don't forget to rate and review Fierce Calling if you love the show. And I hope you'll join me next time when I talk with another woman who's taking action where her passion, compassion, and conviction intersect. Until then, friend, have a blessed week, and I'll talk to you soon.